Uh, if you're new, my name's Steve. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, really exciting day to be here. Last week, we started a series on prayer. And we said that prayer is our communication and our communion with God. It's not just the speaking to God, but it's the being with God that makes prayer um, prayer. We said that prayer is personal, powerful, and supernatural. Um, starting next week, we're going to look at um, what we know as the Lord's Prayer, um, which is the prayer that Jesus um, teaches us um, how to pray. Uh, and that's going to be really um, exciting. But today, we're going to look at this idea of what is the posture of prayer. Now, when I, when I say the term posture of prayer, a lot of people will think posture meaning the physical posture. And I remember when I was a kid growing up, when, you know, as a good little Asian kid in church, I was taught how to pray, right? Hands together, fingers together, you know, eyes closed, head tilted 45 degrees, knees together, you know, and completely still. That's how I was taught how to pray. But obviously... Um, Later, you find out that that's got nothing to do with what the Lord wants. Um, that's just to make sure kids don't do this while, while we're praying. That's, that's all it is. So if you have ADHD, then that's how you should pray. But everyone else, you can pray whatever you want, right? But, but I'm not talking about the, the physical posture. But today, I want to talk about the posture of our hearts when we pray. Because here's reality, right? You can do the exact same thing. And say the exact same words, but depending on your attitude or your posture of your heart, they can be two completely different things. Right? Now, there are many examples to show what this means, uh, especially uh, I thought, uh, what, what are some really relatable examples, right? And most of them come in the area of relationship. So, for example, when my wife asked me to do something, Right? Depending on the posture, she can say exactly the same thing, but depending on her posture, it means something completely different. Right? So she can say, Steve, <laughs> and as I said a few weeks ago, we're competing on who can be cuter these days. And she goes, Steve. <laughs> right? She's like, Steve, can you help me with something? Right? And you know what? When she says it like that, you know there's little butterflies flying around and, you know, it's like little rainbows and it's all, you know, and I'm like, of course I want to help you because, you know, I'm such a, you know, but, but she could say exactly the same thing and be like, Steve, come here and help me with something, right? Like, it's exactly the same thing, but depending on the posture, right, it completely changes the context. Can I say the same thing is the same thing applies to when we pray? Right? When we pray and we speak to God, and, and when we pray and we're in communion with God, depending on our posture, it can sound completely different. And the question that we're gonna try to answer, well, you're gonna answer for yourself is this when you pray, what's your posture? What's your posture? We're going to be in passage Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 8 today, just before Jesus teaches on the Lord's Prayer. And he's going to show us, Jesus is going to show us what's the difference between a right posture and a wrong posture of when we pray. 
Okay, let's read Matthew 6, 5. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for, when they, uh, for they love to, to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. The first trap that we can fall into when we pray is that we can pray not because we want to connect with God, but actually we want to connect with others. The word there, do not be hypocrites, uh, the, the word hypocrite in, 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 the, they use in the Greek actually is around the word performance. So, so it's not saying, oh, don't say something that you know, you're going to you know, be a hypocrite to, but it's saying when you pray, don't perform. Don't perform. Don't, don't, be, uh, don't stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others, to be, to be performing. And sometimes we can do this. When we pray, we can, instead of being wanting to be heard by God, we're more concerned about what other people think about us, what other people think about what we're saying in our prayer, or what you think about yourself when you pray. You know, we have these people in our lives. These people, all they want to do is talk about themselves. You know what I'm talking about? Everything is about them. Every conversation that you have ends up going back to them, right? So for example, right, typical example, a group of friends can be standing around and you're talking about, you know, K-pop, you know, Blackpink was in town yesterday, we hung out. <laughs> I felt like I was there because everyone I knew was there and my Instagram showed me that I was there, right? So... Right, so you, you're standing in a, fr- a bunch, of, bunch, of, bunch of people and everyone's talking about K-pop, right? Cool, Blackpink, you know, cool. I don't even know who else there is, right? Um, you know. And then this one person, you know, there's always this one person. They pop their head into their conversation and suddenly, like, they don't really know much about K-pop, but they suddenly are like, oh, you know, like, like, I, I know K-pop. You know, like, uh, I'm like kind of like a half expert on K-pop. And everyone's, oh, yeah? He's, yeah. My parents are Korean. <laughs> you know, like the most obscene, like it doesn't make sense, like connection, right? But there are these people that whatever conversation you have, you talk, talk about sport and then suddenly they talk about how in year five they were amazing at sport. You, you talk about the weather and, and suddenly they're, you know, they're, they're telling you how they're an expert on, you know, cosmopology or whatever. You know, like doesn't even, it's not even a word, right? You know, like, you know, like, you know, like it's just this thing, right? But there are those people and you know what? If you're like, you know, I don't, I don't really know that kind of person in my group of friends, it might be you. I'm just saying. But that's the thing. Sometimes when we pray, that's how we pray, right? We're trying to talk to God. We're trying to be with God. And instead of our prayers going to God, instead of, instead of us being concerned about what God thinks and what God's going to say, we're more concerned about what that prayer would sound to someone next to us. And Jesus says, for those that pray like that, they have received their reward in full. They've already got what they're aiming for. Because they've already been recognized by those people around. So how do we not fall into this trap? Verse 6, 
But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus says, go away from looking eyes. Right? That's, that's how you walk away from that temptation. Right? Not to say that, you know, corporate prayer, praying together, that's very important. But if you are struggling with that, if you find yourself like, I am more concerned, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not just talking about anyone, right? I, I have people that have been Christian for, for 30, 40, 50 years even, and they tell me that they hate praying in a group because they are more concerned about the words and how other people will hear it than what God will think. And it's just them being sensitive, right? And Jesus says, if that's, if that's an issue, go into your room, close the door where no one's there, no distraction, no temptation, right? And you just pray. You just speak to God. Take the attention off yourself. Take the attention off other people and come before God because God is the one we're praying to. Secondly, verse 7, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for if they think uh, they will be heard, be- for they think they will be heard because of their many words. The second trap when we pray around the posture of prayer is the words for the sake of words. Let me ask you, when's the last time you actually listened to what you are saying when you pray? I have, uh, this is nothing against long prayer. There are, there are times and situations where you, you spend time with God and it's an extended period of time. But, but what Jesus is talking about is, why do you pray those words that actually make no sense? Right? Do not keep on babbling like pagans. Jesus points out, that it's not about the right words, it's not about the amount of words, it's not about the sophisticated wording that's going to impress God or get God to hear you. Once again, we have these kind of people in our lives. People that just talk because, not because they want to engage in conversation, but they talk Because they just want to be heard. And they're like, man, if I can say a hundred words, maybe someone will listen to my four. So they just go on and on. Usually these people, they will repeat themselves. They will use hard words like cosmopology. (laughs) Right? They will do anything to impress people in that conversation. And once again, for them to be the center of attention. I'll confess, I do this. Not in my prayer, but sometimes I do this in my conversation. Once, I'll give you an example. Once I wanted to look impressive, right, to the most important person, you know, in my life, it's my wife, and I wanted to impress her, right? And so I started telling her this story that I had heard Right, this amazing story, and I was like, "Oh, did you know?" Ra 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 ra, and it went for ages. Right, and my wife's so patient; she just listens to me. Right, sixteen years of marriage, you know. I actually don't know if she's listening. I don't. I think she just sits there. You know, 
Anyway, so I'm like, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to impress her. And at the end of the story, she looks at me and she goes, I told you that story. <laughs> I'm the one who told you that story, right? And I was like, was it? She's like, yeah. Remember? And I was like, oh, yeah. Right? Using our words for the sake of being impressive, using our words to try to gain the attention of God. Do you do this? You need to listen to your prayer. Right? Like one of the great practices to to, to help with this is actually to write your prayer down. I have heard this so many, like, and usually, like, dear Lord, Father, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, lover of my soul, every worship song that I know, faithful God, hallelujah, God. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, but there are people, like, and I kid you not, like, I, I know people are laughing, but people pray like this. People pray like this, and it's like, the, the worst one, and, and I can, can I tell you the most false prayer, and we all do this, right? The most ridiculous prayer that we pray without us really caring is this one. Lord, thank you for this food, right? We pray this every meal, right? Well, you should or else you're going to get sick, right? That's what you think, right? Lord, thank you for this food. Bless this food to my body, right? We pray this, right? Like I've prayed, right? And, and you know, Lord, <laughs> that, that's like you're not really thinking about what you're praying, it's just habit, right? Like literally some of you are like, if I don't pray before I eat, that food's going to get stuck in my throat and I might die, right? Like that's how some of you think, right? That's, how you, that's why we pray before we eat. You know, can I tell you the most honest, honest prayer that I've ever prayed before eating, right? I said, Lord, help this food magically become healthy as I eat it, right? That's a real prayer, right? as I sat before my KFC, right? Like, Lord, magically, you're the God of the impossible. Bless this food and make me healthy, right? Did it happen? No. You know, obviously, right. But that's the thing, right? Sometimes we're not even listening to what we say in our prayer. And that's what Jesus says. That's the babbling like pagans. Verse 8, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Jesus reminds us that it is not our fancy words or the length of our prayers that God responds to, because God already knows what's in our hearts. But it's our communion with Him that He desires. Friends, the posture of prayer actually makes all the difference. The posture, a posture that is humble, a posture that recognizes who is on the other side of your prayer. A posture that is desperate, a posture that is open for God to respond, a posture that says, not my will but yours, that posture makes all the difference. And I want to show you through another passage how this is the case. Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and another a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up, stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. 
But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves before God will be exalted. Right? Two complete different postures of prayer. Right? The, the Pharisee, the Jewish teacher, the, the respected figure in community. What was his posture of prayer? God, look at me. Look how good I am, God. And starts listing all the good things that I've done. Look how much better I am than all these other people. Where's the focus? Where's the focus of that prayer? It's definitely not on God. It's on him. But the tax collector, who was known as the bottom of society, a traitor, a cheat, comes before God. And look at his posture. He stands at a distance. He, he can't even come to the altar to pray. He can't even look up to heaven. And he begs God for forgiveness because he knows who he is. He is a sinner that is unworthy to be in the presence of God. The complete opposite. His focus was, God, will you save me? The crazy thing is Jesus says that it's the tax collector that God hears. It's the tax collector that God justifies, forgives, and is accepted by God. I think this is where we need to start to land. Friends, the posture of prayer comes down to this. And I really thought about it. What makes the difference between someone who is arrogant in their prayer and someone who is humble in their prayer? And, I, and, and it came down to this. It's really whether you think you need God or not. You know, when you think you don't need God, meaning that you have your life in control, you, you don't need any help, you don't, you don't need someone to save you, you've got your life in control. That posture comes out when you pray. God, look at me. Look how awesome I am. And, and, and you might have been going to church for years. You know every right word to say. You even know how to pause between the, the phrases, right? But at the end of the day, these prayers, they're not prayers because they need God at all. Actually, they're prayers because they think they don't need God. They just think they need themselves. We only engage with God at the level that we need God. If you don't need God, if you don't need God to help you, to forgive you from your sins, to give you guidance and help in your life, then it comes out in your prayers. But if you need God, if you are desperate in your life, you know you are sinful. You know that without God, that you're going to be a hot mess in this life. Then your prayers just sound different. 
And it's not just about what do we get out of God, right? If, if it's just communication with God, then, then we can fall into the trap of treating God like a vending machine or a hospital, right? A needs-based relationship, a needs-based prayer. But if our prayer is truly communion with God, our need for God Himself in our lives, then when you pray, your prayer sounds different. The posture we take is one of humility and desperation. A desperate need for God to intervene in our lives and for God to dwell in our lives. That's only the case if you desperately need Him. It was really interesting as we started this prayer series Even just in this last one week, how many people, especially in our community that I spoke to, that are going through things in their lives, and they're asking me, Pastor Steve, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Can we pray together? Can I tell you, friends, someone who does not need God does not ask for prayer. Someone who feels like they've got everything they need in their life. They don't need any help. But they just pray because it's the right thing to do. And that's why you pray. Look, look God, look how awesome my life is. But someone who knows who they really are, that they are a sinner, that they are broken, that they are weak, and that they need God. When they pray, when they pray, when they go to God, It's not their last resort. See, so many of us, we don't go to God first when we're in trouble. right? We try everything that we can, right? Everything that we know, all the experiences that we had. We we go and speak to, you know, financial experts. We go speak to counselors. And then when none of that works, then we go to God. But friends, when we understand who God is, God is not our last resort, but He should be our first resort. And I'm not saying don't get help, don't get external help from others. No, that's that's important. But we should be going to God every day. Because there are things in this life that no one can solve for us. Only God can save us from our sin. Only God can give us life beyond this one. So, let me ask you, what's your posture at the moment in prayer? What's it been like for you? Are our prayers a proud presentation of our goodness? Or are they a cry for mercy? Are you so busy in your life that you don't have time to pray? Or are you so busy in your life that you need prayer to get through? Is prayer an option? Or is prayer necessity? A Christian writer once said, prayer to a Christian is like breathing to a human. Prayer to a Christian is like breathing to a human. The only life that we have 
is our connection through our Lord God. So, as we encourage you to pray, not about the fancy words, not about the five-hour prayers, and there's some crazy prayer stories I could share with you, but what would it mean to go to God in wherever you are, in the brokenness, in the loneliness, in the sadness, to go to before God, not to impress him with words, but maybe the words are simply, God, I need help. God, I need healing. God, I need direction. And for some of you, it's even more simple than that. It's God, I need you. So why don't we close our eyes?